Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, we are in our third week of our conversation on the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is a New Testament book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And uh, Ephesus was a large global city, kind of the center of worship uh, for Greek and Roman gods. So not a primarily kind of Christian context, not a Christian bubble, really global city, lots of people worshiping lots of different gods. And today we're going to be in, in chapter 3 of Ephesians, and I really I want to get right into it and kind of uh, dive into just one verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. And um, in, in this simple verse, Paul is telling us that the good news of Jesus invites us to embrace a relational identity, a new identity. The, the, the gospel of Jesus changes who we are, why we are, and many of us default to embracing an institutional identity. We root ourselves in the company we work for, the country we're from, the team we cheer for, the, the political party we vote for. We root ourselves in these institutions. But Paul is telling us today, inviting us into this relational identity in and through Jesus. So we're going to read Ephesians 3, verse 6, and then get into it. This is what Paul says. The myst- this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And so verse 6, through the good news, this is our new relational identity. We are heirs. We are members, and we are sharers. But heir is, heir is this word uh, that gets used in the New Testament, and we immediately think money, and that's okay, that makes sense. But what Paul is trying to give us is a family image. Right? Who receives the inheritance? The family. Right? Paul says we are a part of God's holy family, and we are members of a body. We have a purpose. We have worked something to do in this body. We have a purpose, and we are sharers, which might uh, be better translated as participants in Christ. So we we are a part of the family. We have a purpose and we get to participate. And then Paul uses the same word three times after all of these identifiers. We are heirs together, members together, sharers together. Paul is trying to give us this highly relational language to say that we do this as a family. You don't do this on your own. You don't do it as a part of an institution. You do it as a family together. And this writing from Paul in Ephesians is revolutionary. I know it may not seem revolutionary right on the front, but this is revolutionary writing. Now stick with me through this next sentence. This is what Paul is doing. Paul is dismantling the prototypical institutional identities of nation of origin and religious upbringing. Did you catch that? Paul is dismantling the prototypical institutional identities of nation of origin or religious upbringing. These are uh, some of our prototypical institutional identities too. What country are you from and what religion are you? Those are big institutional identities, but especially for first century Jews, this is the identity. This is who the entirety of who they are is where were you born and how do you worship? How do you show it? Nation of origin, religious upbringing. And Paul says none of that matters anymore. The Gentiles Through the gospel, the Gentiles, is what Paul says in the middle of verse 6, the Gentiles. That means everybody who isn't from Israel, everybody who doesn't have the same nation of origin or religious upbringing. So everybody else, all those people they thought were probably excluded, everybody is included in the family. Everybody gets to do it together. 
everybody, everybody, everybody gets to be together. It's a relational identity, not an institutional identity. And this is good news for you and I, too. That maybe we felt like we're excluded. Maybe our nation of origin or religious upbringing has made us to feel like an outsider. And Paul is saying to us today, saying to you today, you have a place in God's holy family. You have a purpose in this family. You are a participant in the family. And the, the dismantling of institutional identity is really, really important for first century Jews. It is like their whole thing, uh, these institutional identities. But uh, you and I also struggle with this. It's a challenge for us. Right? We love institutional identities. Right? We often place uh, our whole identity in our cultural and political institutions. Right? We are Texans. That's an institutional identity. We buy American flag bathing suits from Old Navy or we are Republicans, or we are Democrats, we're Astros fans, no matter how much they cheated, and they most definitely cheated, or we're Longhorns, or we're Aggies, and we give our time and our money and our energy and our loyalty to these institutions. And we build an institutional identity, and Paul's telling us today, we should probably dismantle those. We should probably break away from rooting who we are and why we are in these institutions. Because here's the problem with institutional identities. Institutions are generally, uh, primarily concerned with their own continuity and survival. Right? They're primarily concerned with their own survival, which means they're less concerned with your survival. Right? Institutions have to be protected at any cost. And their perception, the outside public perception of institutions has to be protected at any cost. And having an institutional identity leads us to believe that, that perception is what matters most, that perception is more important than people. An institutional identity may lead us to believe that the ends justify the means. An institutional identity may lead us to think that institutional survival and continuity is more important than individual safety. In an institution, you sacrifice the one for the many so that the institution survives because the ends justify the means. You see the problem in that? You see that our faith can't possibly be rooted in an institutional identity? I think it's why so many of us have been hurt by the church because the church has presented itself as an institution and has asked us to take on an institutional identity. And Paul's telling us that the family of God is meant to be rooted as a family and safe and loving and committed relationships. But we've often been told that the church needs to be protected, that its witness or the perception of the church needs to be protected, that the ends of people getting to heaven justify the means no matter how many are hurt on the highway there. And it doesn't matter exactly what, what happens as long as the outside world thinks inside everything is cool, then more concerned with perception than individual safety. And the church on the whole has gotten itself into a place where we're offering institutional identities to people instead of an invitation into a family. And I'm telling you, for me, this is my issue. I'm telling you right now, I struggle with this. It is easy. It is a default for me to think of gather as an institution that needs to be protected, that needs continuity and survival. But the church is meant to be a family, rooted in safe 
loving, and committed relationships. And whatever institutional identities you've been given, maybe it's about church, and I think many of us have struggled with that. Some of us have left these um, unsafe religious places, and our entire identities have been taken with our leaving. As we leave, our entire, our, our entire identity falls away. Who we are isn't the same anymore. And Paul is telling us that we were never meant to have an institutional identity, that we were meant to be rooted together as heirs, as a part of a family, as people with a purpose, as members and participants. So who are we? Why are we? We are together as a family, together with a purpose, together participating in the mystery of Christ. And so for you, are you the kind of person who defaults to institutional thinking, to an institutional identity? Maybe you've turned yourself into an institution that has to be protected. If you're concerned with how people view you, your image, your status, perception, if that is a primary concern for you, you've maybe... Uh, default, you may be default to institutional thinking. If you uh, avoid the truth in order to make yourself look better, you're maybe turning yourself into an institution. And I'm telling you, I, I do that. I am institutional. I am overly pragmatic. I gloss over and I push past. And it is it takes work for me to not fall into the ends justify the means kind of thinking. I'm, I'm with you. And so for you, what would it look like for you to embrace a relational identity? Right? The identity that Paul is giving us in Ephesians 3 is as a family and safe, committed relationships. And so maybe for you to embrace a relational identity, it would just mean committing to a safe relationship. And maybe that's been a struggle for you because you just haven't been able to feel safe. And I totally understand that. But maybe it's been a struggle for you because you've been really worried about being honest been worried about protecting your image and the perception of you. Maybe just finding one safe and committed and honest relationship, no image protection, maybe that would help you begin to really embrace a relational identity. Maybe for you to embrace a relational identity today, you need to accept your acceptance. You need to know that you really are included in the family. You need to know that you really have a purpose as a participant, that you are already included, that all those institutional identities that you thought maybe excluded you don't, that those have been dismantled. They don't matter anymore. That who you are means you get to be a part of the family. Right? Paul is dismantling all of our institutional identities, all the ways we like to define ourselves by country and political party or team or tribe or whatever it is those things we cling to. Paul is dismantling those and inviting us in to a new relational identity. And this writing from Paul, it is revolutionary, but like a lot of really good ideas, he totally stole it. And Paul stole this Jesus, uh, stole this idea from the ministry of Jesus, right? When Jesus meets the woman at the well and he offers her forgiveness, he's communicating, he's preaching that how you grew up doesn't matter. The forgiveness is offered anyway. When Jesus calls Zacchaeus out of the tree, he's a hated government official. He's a tax collector. And then Jesus eats with him. And Jesus is screaming to the people around him that divine love is more concerned about an individual person than public perception. 
When, when Jesus tells the story of a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep to go find the one lost sheep, what Jesus is saying is you can no longer sacrifice the one for the many. That individual safety matters. And, and when Jesus leans over to the thief on the cross and he assures him today, you will be with me in paradise. He is telling us that everyone has a place in God's family. Paul is just continuing what Jesus started, calling us to an identity that roots ourselves as a family and deep relationships that invites everyone in, offering compassion and kindness and forgiveness, no matter the cost to our image. We have a new identity. We are a family. We are members. We are participants together. And so gather, this is my prayer for us today. May you lay down all those institutional identities. Lay down all those things that make you feel like uh, you need to protect yourself. Lay down the ways that you protect your perception, your image. And today, accept your acceptance into the safe and loving family of God. And live out your purpose as a member of the body as you participate in the mystery of Christ by offering grace and love and mercy to a world that desperately needs to be reminded of their invitation to the table. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.